everybody, and welcome back to the Chokes and Hazard podcast. It is just Mike and I today. We are rocking and rolling. We don't have a guest today, and that's okay. It's not a big deal, so we're just going to go off the tip, but not off the tip. Not like just the like tip. That. We're going to just a tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> but, trying to get us, uh, trying to get got, us canceled here. Yeah, we got a couple of things we're going to talk about today, because especially the UFC event uh, 261 just went down last night in Jacksonville, Florida. But we're going to touch on those. We're going to talk about the... Um, what are, what are we going to talk about today, man? We got like a whole bunch of stuff we just lifted off. We got the Mazadel fight we want to talk about. Um, amazing card, most of anything. Even watching fans in the stands, especially being from Ontario. We That's have a thing? Nothing. <laughs> that is a thing down That's there. That's a thing. So wow. They had was... fans in the stand. It was very interesting to see, especially like even like the announcers tables, like Joe Rogan, John Anik, and um, – Daniel Cormier beside each other in the booth. Like it was so crazy just to see a crowd. Um, we're going to talk about all the title fights mostly. Right? We're also going to talk about the uh, Jake Paul incident with Daniel Cormier. We're also going to get into a couple of other things, especially Jake Paul, Floyd. Oh, sorry. Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. Cause that fight's actually been decided for like June, I believe it is, but we're going to kind of look into that a little bit more, get our, your take on that and whatever comes down the line. So Let's go, we'll, Mike. We'll, we'll figure it out. Just the tip, Aaron. Just the tip. Let's let's kick it off with the UFC. So let's go through uh, some of the fights. So what do you think about uh, you know uh, Uriah Hall's dominant victory over Chris Weidman? Didn't even oh, have to throw. Man. Didn't even have to throw a strike. That's how deadly he is. That that's uh, pretty crazy. When you think about a devastating break like that, and it's just. It happens again. It's the first strike of the entire match. It's that perfect leg check, and you just see that tibia fibia just disintegrate, <laughs> just, just explode. And, and like, and if you watch the slow mo, I don't know if you had the like the. Uh, no, I think I've, the, I think you, I've watched you the, the slow mo about seven hundred times on Instagram. Yeah, thanks exactly. to everybody. Like you gotta have the stomach for it, right? But um, you watch that slow mo, and you just see that that leg just crumple and you don't you, again it's all adrenaline he has no realization it happened and then it's that moment where they go to step back oh. and they go to step and there's nothing there and i'm just like and your your stomach cringes and it's just like oh my god like yeah like and i think we look at it where it was anderson silva where that it was, it was an anderson inside, silva like, against chris wyman funny yeah, enough. again Funny enough, right? Like with Anderson, it was the uh, the left leg. Um, it was the inside leg kick. Where this one was, the, it was the right side, right? Right side, outside leg like it, kick. I want to say it was an outside leg kick. I yeah, trying to block it out from my memory. Thanks, Aaron, for posting You're it on welcome. Instagram five hundred times. I actually didn't post that one. I didn't post that one. I posted the uh, Thug Rose uh, knockout and then the the iconic. Carl, uh, the Usman uh, picture. It was amazing. So I, I just posted those two, but that otherwise continue. Those are cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's unfortunate to see that somebody, you know, basically snap their leg like a toothpick. And I don't know what the odds are of, you know, Chris Weidman being in two leg break fights, one involving him and one involving yeah. one of his opponents. Like I, he might want to buy a lottery ticket or based on what's happened, maybe not buy a lottery ticket, <laughs> but yeah, with that said, hopefully, you know, he has a, a speedy recovery and, you know, hopefully he's back fighting soon back, back in the middleweight division 
hopefully soon and healthy and uh, with, you know, his feet under him. Um, what's your opinion on it where obviously he is, again, he's an older fighter now. Is this a injury that, and again, this is a devastating injury. This is not like, you know, broken bone. This is a, a compound fracture. Do you see Chris Weidman recovering? And again, you're looking at at least a year recovery for sure. Probably um, looking at about a year. I think Anderson Silva was off for about yeah, a, it was, it was, a little about, over. It was about a year. Do you think he's, um, you think he could call it a career? Do you feel that he will come back? Time will tell, honestly. So as of right now, Chris Weidman undergoes successful surgery on his broken leg, recovering now following injury suffered. So You'd have to look at the timeline um, and see, you know, how his recovery is going. I mean, yeah, he's getting up there in age. He's 36. Would it surprise me to see him retire? No, but I don't, I'm not sure if he wants to go out on that kind of, that yeah. kind of performance. So, you know, Anderson Silva was able to come back from it. So I don't see why, you know, Chris Weidman can't, if he goes through the proper, you know, physio and rehab rehabilitation, I think. Yeah. He probably has now, access to some of the top doctors in the U.S., so I think he's in good hands. Yeah, I think it was nice that Anderson Silva sent him a very heartfelt uh, Instagram message to kind of like, um, you know, hey, recognize, like, hey, I've been through that same injury. <laughs> like, you're gonna. <laughs> it get wasn't fun, right? but I did it. <laughs> yeah, but like, it was a it was a good heartfelt message from him for sure. So I, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to that guy. I'm sure he'll be able to. Again, if he wants, if he wants to continue and got, not go out on a shield like that, I think he'll be back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. I, I, I think when you look at like a guy like Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva was never the same after that, mm-hmm. right? So he's never the same really after the the first Chris Weidman knockout. Really. I think I think that's what probably did it more for him was that, and then of course, like the leg, you know, him breaking his leg probably didn't help either. Because I think once you you break a bone like that, it's not the same, no matter how, no, no matter how great your surgeon is, or because like I've broken bones. I don't know about you, Aaron, but like it usually it's 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 it heals, it's great, but it's usually never the same. I think it also looks as like the, it's always in the back of your mind, like like any injury, you like. Like your knee or whatever, you injure it. You always super cautious with it. You're never gonna trust it the same way you would before. And again, I think the the best athletes in the world are the ones that really, once they recover, they are able to just treat it like anything. They they don't think twice about that injury ever again, right? And they're just able to perform the way they are. Yeah. Uh, so Anthony Smith looked dominant finished off yeah, with a uh, very some brutal leg kicks speaking of like so if you're gonna take something from Chris Reidman's fight you don't want to necessarily kick like that you want to kick more like how Anthony Smith was doing right yeah like so from from my understanding that last kick that kind of did it was it was still was it still a calf kit and it kind of hit him right between like where the actual tibia was like connecting into the knee right where the LCL would be and then just hammered it. My stream was kind of uh, skipping out, but like, did he end up like injuring his knee with that? Yeah. So from what I could tell is that basically like if we would look at like structural damage where like where he kicked, it was like basically right where the LCL, obviously where the tibia will sit in. um, 
and basically from there, it was just where he was just chopping those calf kicks, right? And uh, basically, okay, so he kicked it, and, and then the, the damage from the outside, he could have, yeah, he could have and literally, MCL, and because like LCL. I think what happened was the doctor came in, and they were like, "Okay, you need to walk towards me," and he couldn't walk; like his whole leg was like imploded. Oh, in. so like the like, the ligaments were probably gone then. So that was a good yeah. stop, in in my opinion. That's a good stoppage. You shouldn't let fight somebody somebody fight on like a torn ACL, MCL. Like that's not a good idea. You can because even if that, if you can't defend yourself, or if you can't even plant your leg properly and then you get knocked out on top of that not yeah. it's not not a good idea but that's a good that's uh, clearly a good stoppage there yeah so i'm just looking it up so do you ever follow this guy called uh, dr kickass on um instagram yeah that's my name actually yeah really <laughs> <laughs> no it's not <laughs> but anyways he has um a great um basic page where basically they breaks down like and he's a BJJ black belt, right? And so he basically breaks down like exercises or like submissions or like injuries to guys and he'll break it down. So he actually actually has the okay. full layout of like what happened to Jimmy Kurt's leg. And it's like basically laid out right there. And he's basically the nerve bundle. He brings it to a doctor's perspective of like what exactly happened to the knee. And it's actually quite interesting. So if you guys are listening and if you want to um, take a look at it, it's doctor underscore kickass on, um, uh, on Instagram. And this guy is like a genius. And this is Dr. Cool. Mike Perskeski. See, I told you it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to butcher his name, but he, again, he's a former MMA fighter. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And he is a PT and he's a physical therapy of doctor and he's an orthopedic. Nice. Okay. I, know, um, I know there's a, I think Lachlan Giles is like trained as a physiotherapist as well. I know he's had some videos up with like, he, he puts a lot of like great, like just techniques up, but he's even had some stuff like physiotherapy and jujitsu related where like, mm -hmm. you know, if certain injuries happen, he'll like break down like, okay, like this is why it happened doing the technique versus maybe this is a safer way of performing like a jujitsu technique, but that's, that's interesting. I'll, I'll check that out. And then uh, we had two uh, female title fights. If we want to break those down, uh, Valentina yeah. looked extremely dominant and came out and grappled and wrestled, which I don't think a lot of people were expecting. I think they're expecting her to, you know, strike and, you know, keep distance, use her jab against uh, Jessica Andre. Um, any thoughts on that, Aaron? I thought it was, dominant one-sided i i think it's like it's like you said she was dominant she had a great game plan going into the fight and it's there's a conversation where it's like it's like who's next for her like where's the next fight for that girl right because she's so dominant in that division and it's not her fault that no. people again like she's just super dominant and it's like do they and Amanda Nunes came up because those two have fought twice before Amanda yeah. Nunes has had her number both times. And, and again, it's, it's okay for her to be great and dominant in her own weight division. And Amanda yeah. Nunes is great and dominant in her weight division. Right. So yeah. I think that's interesting to how the next kind of where the next competitor comes yeah. from. Right. I think that's her division naturally as well. Like Amanda Nunez is, I think just physically a lot bigger as well. So, yeah. And they, and they fought before as well. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, dominating the flyweight division. Exactly. Yeah, no, she looked really good. 
like just the way she cut through that half guard and then she got up that kusha fix and it was just like oh they're gonna stop this soon there we was get just a, no can, way can you get an aaron gall breakdown of that no <laughs> this is the this is the uh the gall rewind of the day that's that's what we're calling it the 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 ginger gall rewind of the day for well i, I don't have the video up so uh we won't break that one down. But, Talking Portuguese um, accent. Okay, guys, this is what okay. happened here. Look, but, but I will, I will say like the little. Um, I don't know if it was on purpose or that little kind of like when she kind of got that body lock on her, and then she kind of like spun her into the fence, and then she kind of turned her out. Like she, yeah, kind of like, um, like I, again, it could have been just the way she was going, and she kind of hit the fence and then bounced off the fence to kind of spin around, or maybe that was the technique. I don't know. It was like pinpoint perfect like it was awesome yeah that was uh very dominant um i don't think there's much else to really say about that i think she's going to be champ there for a while i think it's just i i think you have i think there's a big separation well i would say maybe in the higher weight class like there's amanda nunez at like 135 and 145 and then there's everybody else and i think valentina's like that at, at you know the women's flyweight division where she's She's on top and nobody else is really close to her at this point. Yeah. All right. So the pleasant surprise of the night, I would say would probably be the thug Rose versus, and I'm probably going to butcher her name. I apologize. But Zhang Wei, Zhang Wei, is that? Whaley Zhang. Whaley Zhang. Whaley Zhang. Is it Whaley Zhang? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm looking at totally something else. Yeah, I would they, say that was They probably... wrote it backwards. That's why. Okay, that was, I would say that was probably the, I guess you can consider it like a small upset as well because she, you know, Whaley Zhang's been super d- dominant as well. And, and like, and she's, again, like you said, dominant, strong, knows how to box, knows how to strike very well, can take punishment. Like we've seen the fights before with her, and that head kick was just picture perfect. It yeah. was so fresh. Slipped right through the guard. Yeah, that was, uh, highly impressed with that that was a beautifully set up right through the guard landed in the perfect spot and yeah i know like she um she contested the stoppage after but like i think clearly like she was she was out of it and no, she she was out because like even like when the ref got her off like when, when thug left uh, so when rose like was gone and then she tried to stand up like she couldn't stand up she was out of it and it's like no no, but that was a that was very impressive. And you ever notice like all the fights on this card were like crazy knockouts or stoppages like within two rounds? Like it was it was insane. Yeah. Like it's an action packed card. It was actually like there was you know fights were done before like you know two a.m. So I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. Especially like when you like that's what like kind of always worries me when you get like three card like three title fights, fights on the same five card rounds. Where, like you all of them could go the distance, right? And I, that happened. Which card were we watching? And that actually did happen. We were like all three title fights went to distance. So that was 75 minutes worth of fighting, which is great. But again, like if you're looking at it like... Um, From know, an like entertainment standpoint, it's it's yeah, you know, like, it's difficult. Unless they're like super, you know, exciting fights like uh, Whaley Dang. Zhang versus uh, Joanna for the... Like that was an, an insane fight. That went five rounds. But it depends I on. I want to say it was Fight Island, but I don't know. I think I it was. Remember. I think it was the first Usman uh, Masvidal fight. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think that yeah, was. I think I think you're right. But like, 
I think when you look at it, where it's like, I think maybe the the atmosphere of the the fans in the stands, like just that energy, maybe it was just that different type of vibe. Like guys were just throwing for the finish, and it's not like they weren't doing that before. I I, I don't know. It's right? a different environment. Gotta, it's it's a different yeah. environment. It's almost like watching golf, and there's like no fans there. But like usually everybody's really quiet anyway, versus the fans or you know. They're, they're pumping you up. So Aaron, uh, what were your thoughts on, this is, I think the first UFC in well over a year that has had full fan attendance with COVID, with the pandemic, whatever, I don't know, however you want to call it. Um, what's your take? What did you think of the whole uh, situation? Go on. Floor is yours. Yeah, no, like I, 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 I think it was amazing. I think it was pretty cool to finally see something like that again, right? Like we're, and it's not like we ever thought like we'd never have those types of events again or anything like that. But I think obviously us being in Ontario where we've gone through now a third lockdown where that's kind of like a far distant memory for us, right? And I think the biggest thing is it's almost like an envy where I wish was there, I wish could do it. But again, everybody has their own, reason for staying home or believing in X or Y or whatever you want. But I think the important thing to realize is you have to understand the differences between vaccine rollouts, rules, climate, and just the, the mentality of what it is down there, right? I mean, like Florida has always been completely different and operated different throughout this entire pandemic than every other state or place in North America. I think we can all agree on that. Most Good, states, bad, yeah. indifferent, whatever, right? Like you have your opinions and that's okay, right? Um, I think when we look at it as like, it's cool. Is it a place where maybe I want to go right now? Maybe not because I'm not, and again, if you want to, I've said before, like I'm not vaccinated. I I wouldn't want to go there right now, right? Yeah, like you I haven't gotten your uh, 5G microchip yet from Bill I Gates. have not. And I, I sent you a really cool, uh, funny uh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I just watched that. <laughs> Whereas, uh, it was pretty funny. Whereas, like, basically they injected the, the guy with the vaccine. And then it was like, no, now what do you want to buy? It's like, I just want to buy PC stuff. I just want to buy PC and, stuff. And, what, and what's bad? Apple products. <laughs> so it, he was basically became the winter soldier. Now yeah. when Aaron get when Aaron yeah, gets but, vaccinated, whenever that is, he'll be now known as the, the the red soldier, the ginger soldier, Clifford the big red soldier. Yeah, and exactly. Like I mean, like, but again, like that's just that's me, right? And that's my opinion. And it I, again, it's do what you want, right? Enjoy yourself, have fun, be safe, be smart. And, and again, y'all have to remember. Most of the population in Florida has either gotten COVID or they're vaccinated. A good chunk of the of the population has actually gotten COVID. So, I so, think for I think about like, well, close to fifteen percent of the population's had it. So I'm just gonna and, I'm gonna Google that shit real quick, Jamie. And, and and while you're doing that, you also have to remember. Okay, they live in a hot climate. We live in fucking Ontario, where they can't decide if it's winter or summer or spring or nothing right now. <laughs> We're wearing coats. We don't get outside as much as we want to, yeah. right? And that's just the reality. Like, a climate is completely different. So, I mean, like, it's harder for us to get outside and get vitamin D and, 
you know, feel motivated to do certain things depending on what's happening in your life and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's a different mentality right now. That's all it is. Right. And again, people can be mad or mad at the government or mad at everybody else or mad at the airport. Like I I don't canceling us. I don't know. I don't know who to get mad at anymore. So you just kind of have to (laughs) go with it. Aaron's just been angry this whole time. Okay, um, 2.3 million. I'm just going to do some quick math. COVID cases, 2.3 million. We're going to divide that by the population of Florida is about 20 million. I'm just, I'm pulling this off of Google. Like, that's just what's there. So, okay, so about 11.5% of the population has had COVID. And I think about 30, uh, I think almost 40% of the population is now at least semi-vaccinated. So you got about half the population we're looking exactly, at. Exactly, right? Me. And, and so, you think about like how how much more is that compared to here? Right. It's, it's stupid. Well, it's a big, it's a bigger percentage of the population that's had COVID already because yeah. they've had, you know, little to no restrictions where basically it's like, we're going to stay open, do what you need to do basically kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, some people can agree. Some people can disagree. You know, Florida's had their waves as well. You know, it seems to be, you know, significantly more under control than let's say Ontario is right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if they've, if they've reached like almost like a herd immunity, which is a combination of people getting vaccinated and people who had COVID already, and they have some sort of antibodies that would uh, put, you know, there would be a lot less, you know, COVID spreading because a people are vaccinated. Does that mean now before everybody starts debating? Yes, you can still get COVID with a vaccine, but two things, it's a little bit harder to spread and you won't get as sick. So with those two factors, it would help to control things a lot more. Plus if you have antibodies, if you get, you know, a similar strain again, you won't get as sick either. So uh, I don't know. Or how, how, do you, how did you feel? How do you feel about seeing everybody in the stands and all that kind of stuff? It was cool. I know some people are probably freaking out like, Oh man, look at all the COVID in that building. And you know what? Like, let's, let's be real. There might've been somebody there who could have had it. This yeah. is a really interesting case study, I think for like sporting events. So we want to oh, see. Yeah. I, I, there... I'm, I'm curious to see how, what happens, right? I want to, I, I want to see what happens hope... two weeks from now. I'm not, I'm not going to be the, the naysayer. Like, see, I told you, you shouldn't have had events. Yeah. Like I'm just, you know, curious i want to see what happened like if it's if there's like a massive super spreading event like a ufc that happened or whatever but time will time will tell you know i'm i'm happy to see you know sporting events happening happening like this again and it's a good sign if you know if there's little to no spike from events like this then okay like this is a good sign for the future that things will be a lot more quote unquote back to normal or however you want to call it and you know what i honestly do hope like there's no problem i think if all goes well i hope it really is a success you know and that just means that we're that much further ahead right you would hate to see a huge setback that's all like i yeah. always look at progress i hope this is big progress and i want to leave it at that and leave it yeah. on a high note I hope it is too. I hope it is too. Like, I don't want it to be like, see, I told you so they shouldn't have had a UFC. It's like, well, you know, you want, you want them to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. So so let's talk about game bread and Kamara Usman versus Jose. Jose. I always always fuck his name up. Jorge. 
Jorge. Jorge Masvidal, Camaro Usman. Uh, Jorge Masvidal ate a three-piece in a soda. Yeah, so, like, tell me, what are your thoughts? Like, break it down, Mike. What were your I, thoughts about that? Well, I'm genuinely surprised that Usman just not KO'd with basically one shot. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, I'm very surprised at that. I thought if... This is how I thought the fight would go. I think if Jorge was going to win, he was probably going to catch him in the first two rounds with something, a punch, a knee, and he would pounce on it and finish him. I didn't see Usman finishing that way. I saw him probably using his wrestling kind of like in the first round, take down, make him work, grind him out a bit, do some damage either on the cage, similar to the first fight, either to the body. But, you know, he looked pretty good strike he looked pretty good striking and I, I honestly felt like Jorge was starting to find a groove he was actually starting to he was starting to land a little bit he was moving well and then just got completely blasted with like a right hand that I don't yeah. think any human walking the planet could have taken at that no. time regardless that, of that, weight class like that would have knocked out a, a truck that right hand was so perfectly placed and it would just came right over top Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. And like, if you, I, I would love to see the still frames that they're going to find eventually with all the pictures and slow motion capture of just the, the way he hit him, the way the sweat just popped off his head. And it was just so picture perfect where it was just that crack. Bah! And mm-hmm. he just, Oh, he just, he, again, the other punches weren't necessary. He was out before he hit the canvas. Yeah. And the, uh, it was good to, put him out but with that with that said that's you know if the referee's not stopping a fight keep hitting them no 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 you keep hitting them i'm not that super necessary (laughs) it was super necessary (laughs) super necessary but it was a great place punched awesome job awesome finish and i think you have to look at usman now we're okay like he's got three solid title defenses that he's done george Mm -hmm. st pierre has um, nine so like that's the record that he's chasing and again, he wants to be the best in the world. He wants to be the GOAT. Like, it's, it's a title to catch. And he's starting to, as he, as he said it, he's starting to lap guys. That's, and Jorge was the first guy he was going to lap. So I'm curious to see who the next fight is. Do we, does, he, um, does he go after uh, Colby? I think or does he go after? Fu- I think more than likely that'll be his next fight. It'll be against Colby. I think that's the next. Who gave him a very, that was a very close fight, fight for those that are. You look at, like, Oh, Aaron, he broke his out. face. I he broke your face. Broke his, he broke his face. I broke your face. <laughs> your face. I broke I my back. Be, Spinal. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my back. What do you mean? My back is broken. It's like, what part of your back? Spinal. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest interview. <laughs> I broke my back. <laughs> But getting back on topic, I think Kobe's probably the next fight. Um, their first fight was very close as well, up until the fifth round, where Usman, you know, stepped it up and found a way to win, basically. But that was a really close fight. I think, you know, say we want about Kobe and his political opinions and his persona and everything, he's pretty much going out there to intentionally try to piss you off, basically. So you're either A, you're a fan of him. Or B, you want to see him get his ass kicked, but either way, he's going to get paid. So yeah, he's. Exactly. Uh, I think that's going to be a good fight. Um, you know, I think Usman. Like, where would you put him pound for pound right now? He's got to be up there. 
easily, I think easily right now off the top of my head, he's easily top three. Yeah, I, I think so. Thought. I think just the, the work that he's done, the resume that's ahead of him, um, it's going to be interesting, but I'm curious to see, especially with him, with Colby, and then even maybe a rematch with Leon Edwards would be mm-hmm. a great fight. Um, again, it all depends on what Nate, Nate Diaz does. So see what happens there. So the, think, Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz are fighting. So we'll see who the winner is there. I think the, the winner of that will probably face the winner of Colby and Kamaru Usman. Yeah. More than likely. And then after, and then after that, who, who is there really? In the welterweight I mean, division, he's pretty much cleared out the the one. So if he, in theory, he beats Colby again, yeah. he beats he beats um, either Nate Diaz or Leon Edwards. I'm just looking up the rankings right now. I'm, I'm curious to see what the the welterweight rankings are. I, I think I think he's pretty much beaten all the top guys. Oh no, Justin Gaethje's no whatever. It's lightweight. Justin Gaethje's 155. Aaron. Yeah, he's lightweight. No, 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 no. Yep, that's that'll be a, that'll be an interesting division as well. Yeah, Gilbert Burns. Like then it's like we're getting into Michael Chiesa, Stephen Thompson. Yep, that's a that's another uh, potential contender as well, Stephen Thompson. Because I don't think they've, yeah. they've fought either. No, but you know what though? Like, and again, like. Usman makes a good point. Like I'm just looking at the list right now. He's lapping guys. So yep. unless they like beat Colby, beat Gilbert Burns, yeah. beat Masvidal, beat Leon Edwards. Um, he hasn't fought. Tyro, Tyrone Woodley was number one at the time as well. Beat him. Dave, did I he get he, cut from the UFC? I think he got cut. I think he did. Or yeah. Maybe that's my imagination. I'm not sure. But you know, Usman's uh, he's he's the man right now. He's on top in 170. So can't can't put it any other way. Um, yeah. Ty- Speaking of Tyrone Woodley, did you see his uh, call out of Jake Paul? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I saw it. I like Tyrone Woodley would eat him up. Like, I don't think Jake Paul would have a chance against him. I'll be honest with you. But again, like, it, I'm not sure about Tyrone Woodley anymore. I, I like, like, he was a fantastic fighter, but something's yeah. changed since he lost the title that he just can't seem to find that groove back or it's just something's not there or maybe maybe his path has just changed or these guys are just getting that much bigger than him right or better than him in the fight game i'm not sure right i think it's that as well like i think it's just he's also getting older too so he's getting older too right he's been around for a while right yeah but let me ask you this so jake paul versus daniel cormier he's got it (laughs) Are we talking street fight, hot dog, <laughs> hot dog eating contest? What are we talking here? I'm, I'm, I think if they were ever even just meet in general in the ring, Daniel Cormier would toss him on his head and put him in the grave, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I think like, Jake Paul might want to be careful with that one. You know what, though? I, I got to give the kid credit. He's – again, it's that – that conor mcgregor effect right it's, it's, yep. i'm gonna figure out i'm again he's a youtuber his whole thing is all about creating controversy and causing stirring up shit that's what he does and he's mm-hmm. better than anybody doing it right now and he is to- like he just had a tiktok out where he's like oh i just beat ben Askren. what am i gonna do today and every the whole mma world hates me 
what am I going to do? I'm going to go piss him off even more. That's why he was there. He yeah. just went oh, there yeah. to go piss everybody off. He wants like, attention. Oh, that's that's basically it. Like it's the pro wrestling bad guy thing, and he's yeah. You know what? He he's doing a phenomenal job at it. Even Dana White admitted it. He's like, you know what? The kids found uh found an audience, and he's getting paid. Good for him. It's not much he can really say to that. Like, hey, he's no, like, it's... from a promoter to promoter standpoint, he's doing a good job. He's he's doing what he needs to do. He's getting attention, and he's getting paid. Yeah, Brendan Schaub had a perfect thing. He's like, let me ask you this. In your first three boxing fights, did you ever watch uh, Floyd Mayweather? Did you ever watch Manny Pacquiao? Did you ever watch the, their first three boxing matches? No, you didn't. Nope. Right? They were probably on he some did. undercard somewhere, buried, and they probably made nowhere near the amount he did in his first Exactly, right? And so he's, fi- he's figured out a way to do it, right? And again, like, they talk about like there's a market for these types of matches right so does he does he need to fight a professional boxer to fight for the title he doesn't i don't think he really wants to go after a world championship right and actually be in the circuit it's not about that if it's i if the if the gimmick is to make as much money as possible in a short amount of time as possible he's found the right avenue and you can create a market doing that it is the attraction is what he's going for versus yeah like, the, let's say, like, UFC, like, you know, Masvidal, Usman, like, that was, you know, you know two top guys at 170 in MMA in the world. You know, I don't even know where Jake Paul would be ranked as, like, a cruiserweight boxer. He's, like, probably top 5,000 at this point or whatever. Yeah, but exactly. I don't think that's his focus. It's more basically what you said. It's, it's the attraction. He wants to stir up controversy and, you know, pick pick fights like so with that said you know jake paul what's his next fight tyron woodley was a name there's actually betting odds right now on potential names for him to fight in uh in another boxing match which he'll probably have at some point this year yeah i still think that (laughs) what was it (laughs) actually hold on so i think that he should fight dylan dennis because dylan dennis now wants to fight him before oh, he now he wants him. to fight him. Oh, okay. now he wants to fight now him, he right? Does. So, but the funny thing was, so Ricardo put out, he's like, uh, who would we want to see um, a YouTuber versus um, an elite grappler, right? And then somebody put Dylan Dennis versus any <laughs> elite grappler, right? Because it's like, what is Dylan Dennis now? Does he actually grapple or does he just do like, I, I can't stand Dylan Dennis. I just really can't. I'm sure he's like, there's certain things about him that I just, that cringe me. He's had, he's had knee surgery the last while. So I think he's been, I mean, and I think his focus is more on MMA right now versus competing in the the jujitsu circuit. I want to see Dylan Dennis versus Jake Paul. And I want to see that because I think that is the fight to make. Because yeah. you're gonna see someone you don't like get their ass kicked, <laughs> and and but again, like, and that's the thing is Dylan Dennis will lose that fight. I'm saying it here. I'm saying it now. If that actual fight happens, Jake Paul will beat Dylan Dennis. You think in a in a straight up boxing match? Yeah, in a straight up boxing match, absolutely. If we're talking grappling or MMA, Dylan Dennis takes that fight. I'm not even gonna debate that. He's well, a I think fantastic I, I think grappler. I, and I think that was the thing with like the Ben Askube fight. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, <laughs> caught that. Clip. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, 
Ben Askren, legit world-class wrestler, not a boxer. <laughs> Great at MMA, uses wrestling in MMA. Uses wrestling. Not a boxer. <laughs> so I think I think you also have to look at it like how like if you look at how bad his striking was, right? And again, it wasn't really even good striking for when he was in Bellator one or even the no. UFC. But how he was able to use his wrestling to such an advantage to to get get the titles and the the, the record that he had with those shitty hands. <laughs> like, well, it just like shows you how the wrestling. It shows that's how good shows you. That's what I'm saying. Like how good his wrestling was to accomplish that. Yeah, it shows you how great of a wrestler he was and how great he was at taking down people. So I have a list of potential opponents and betting odds. Joe Fournier. Two to one, Tommy Fury, who I believe is. Oh, that's uh, Tyson Fury's brother. Yes. Uh, five to two, Dylan Dynas, four to one. Tyrone Woodley, five to one. BJ Penn, 12 to one. Conor McGregor, 12 to one. Chris Lieben, there's a throwback UFC Ultimate Fighter name. Oh, 16 shoot, to one. Too bad. 16 to one. Matt Brown, 20 to one. I think those two last MMA names, those would be really interesting. I'd like to see those. Nate Diaz, 25 to 1. Phil Baroni, another throwback name for you MMA yeah. connoisseurs out there, 25 to 1. Yeah. And Floyd Mayweather, 33 to 1. No. Like, I'm looking at it on a Jake Paul standpoint and like, what's the biggest bang for my buck? How are we going to make the most money possible? Mm-hmm. And who's going to watch this fight? Right. And that's why I'm saying it would be like a Dylan Dennis. Or he, again, Tyron, Tyron's now he's out of the UFC. He's free agent. That's a possibility. I, he'll get he'll get eaten alive by though. Like no, sorry. Like Jake Paul will get eaten alive by Tyron. I think. I think that's a that's an interesting fight. We'll see. Like I think. I don't know. I think a lot like, of people Ty- are just thinking. Tyron oh, oh. knows how to strike. He knows how to throw that's really really thing. hard like, punches. He knows how to strike. Yeah. So that, like that, that's, he knows how to strike. He throws bombs. Yeah. So I think yeah, I, I I still think it's going to be Dylan Dennis versus um, Jake Paul. That's, that's my the opinion. next. That's the next one. So BJ Penn would eat him up too. Right? I think so too. His boxing's very is his boxing very, is very fantastic. Good. Yeah. I would love. I would. Hey, I would, there's there's a decent list of fights I would like to see you with that. Believe it or not, but uh, his brother Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, beginning of June. That's actually going to be a thing. Um, yeah, Aaron. They're Gimier still fought. trying to figure out. They're still trying to figure out location, but it looks like it's a done deal. Floyd Mayweather can't show up more than 170 pounds, and I believe. Um, or he can't be a hundred more than 160 pounds. And Jake he's more Paul than 160 more pounds. Than, yeah. He can't yeah. be more than 160 pounds and Jake Paul can't be more than 190 pounds. So it'll yeah. be a 30 pound difference between them. So a catch weight at the, but, max. um, at the max. Yeah. But I'm, again, this is just a payday for Floyd. He will beat the crap out of him, And it's just, it's Floyd money way whether he's going to beat him up. Like, there is de- there's definitely a size difference. I will say that. But with that said, I'm not Floyd's about that. skill as a boxer is unprecedented. And he hasn't, to put it in perspective, how old is Floyd Mayweather now? He's probably in his early 40s. Yeah. He 
Google that real quick. I'm put it in perspective. Right the, la- the last time he lost a boxing match, he was a teenager in the Olympics. He's 44 now. He's 44. He yeah. hasn't lost a fight in almost 30 years. <laughs> a boxing fight yeah. in over 30 years. So it, get, it gives you some perspective on how good he is, whether you like him or not. Like, same thing. He's with 40. The, he, with Paul Brothers. He's some 50, people like 50. him, some don't. He's, well, as Joe Rogan says, he's 49 and 0. 50, including Conor McGregor, but he doesn't yeah. include that as a real fight. So, yeah, it's the guy is the goat. The guy is, has the best defense known to man on yeah. that knows boxing. He is the greatest who's been able to put it together as a boxer. I, I don't see Jake Paul doing anything to him. At Logan all. Paul. Logan Sorry, Paul's Logan brother. Paul. Logan yeah. Paul. Sorry, apologies. I don't see, I don't see anything that he can do to him either. Um, I don't even, I think the only time I've ever seen Floyd Mather actually get hit and hurt in a fight was against Shane Mosley. And that was like, that was the only time 10 years ago. Really like he got like stumbled and he, he got hit and then he clinched recovered. And then he would, he dominated the rest of the fight. But like, that's the only time I think I'll do it just. Yeah. Yeah. And like against, you know, the who's who and like, in multiple weight classes like Manny Pacquiao, Shane Mosley, you name it, like Hall of Fame names in boxing, and he's yeah. beaten them all. So Canelo Alvarez, who's been dominating as well. I'm not a I'm not a huge boxing guy, but you know, like to follow some of the top names there, Aaron. And yeah, I think, I, I think like again, a fair weather boxing fan, like I think we all follow the the big name. It's more than anything, just the way the sport is. And I think just the both of us coming from the BJJ background and more of the MMA style individuals we've hung out with. We've I've never really hung out in a boxing gym as much. I've trained boxing, but it was never really a sport that I followed as religiously mm-hmm. as I would have MMA or BJJ. So, yeah, same same with me, but. I don't know. I don't, I don't see how Floyd is, is going to lose this fight unless. No. He, I, Floyd, I don't, and again, Floyd, Floyd, can't, Floyd will not, he can't afford to lose this fight. Floyd no. spends too much money and he needs money. So there's no way. This is going to be a multi, 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 hold on. I'm almost done. Multi, multi-million dollar payday. Yeah. For- so exactly this is why he's taking this fight it's people are wondering like why the hell is he fighting logan paul it's dollar signs money talks yeah it's the fight business and the and the key word here is business yeah exactly he he definitely sees value in doing this and giving these guys attention because you know there's there's a lot of money to be made yeah 100 percent no, it, it, we have a couple of good things coming up in the future. That's definitely going to be exciting, especially with the warmer weather coming in. So hopefully we get a lot more UFC fights coming up. We got now, but I think the last thing we want to talk about really is we have um, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier three. Uh-huh. That's going to be happening in July in Las Vegas. It's sold out for, and like it said, it was like 90 seconds. It's sold out. So it was crazy. This is the comeback to Vegas, I believe. They're going, they're going, yeah, they're going back to Vegas. It'll be in July. So, do you think Connor makes the adjustments he needs to make and is able to get it done, or do you see Dustin Poirier laying down uh, the hurt again? 
This is really interesting because, you know, I clearly, I think me and you called the second fight clearly wrong. I think I underestimated oh, yeah. Dustin Poirier's improvements that he's made over the years, but also Connor's very good at, like, for example, the Nate Diaz loss, picked that apart, came back, won a rematch. It should be really interesting. I think it's going to be tough to call. Um, I think it's going to be whoever has a better game plan for the other person on that day. They've both beaten each other. So it's just a matter of who shows up and, you know, who can capitalize on, because I think this, this, this fight's going to come down to probably one mistake somebody's going to make, you know, just going to come in and go for the kill. That's how good both of them are. You can't make a mistake against either one. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see if, um, Dustin initiates the same game plan that worked in the second fight and attacking the legs, attacking those calf kicks, you know, making him immobile again, not being able to move and pivot the way he would normally mm-hmm. go. Is Connor going to go back to that boxing upright stance or is he going to go back into that flow kind of low base stance he had before, like where he was finding so much success with. So I'd be curious to see what he does. Yeah. So we'll, it's, it's a really interesting trilogy match. And that's, I think Poirier clearly, I think it's one of the few times you, you've probably seen somebody turn down a title fight for, to fight somebody else because yeah. a lot of money on the line with this one. It's all money. It's the, the red panty night, right? It's a red panty night. <laughs> that's an all time <laughs> classic video. Hey, break out the red panties. Yeah. Struck it rich. Fun. You should, yeah, exactly. you should thank me. <laughs> thank me. One of the all-time greatest press conferences where he's just like, he's just trashing like Cowboy Cerrone, Chad uh, Mendez. He's like, you hit the deck like a bitch. You hit the deck. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the deck. And then like, you just see like, they're trying to come back, but there's nothing they can say. Where it's just like, you hit the deck like a bitch. You went, for, you went He's like, you should be thanking me. You went from 47,000 to 500,000. <laughs> You should be thanking me. Break out the red panties. <laughs> yeah. I think on that note, I, I think we're going to end it at that. I don't think we're going to talk yeah. that. We're, we're going to go there. So, everybody, thanks a lot for joining us today. We really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you guys did too. Uh, we'll be back shortly. We'll have a guest with you. Be back at it. We'll, we'll probably still be in lockdown. So, until then. Still in lockdown? What do you mean? <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Take care.